Do you struggle with a lack of focus or energy? The team at Physician Designed knows the feeling and they can help. Brain Support Micro PQQ and Microactive CoQ10. Both use a proprietary blend of PQQ and CoQ10 to maximize the boost you need without any negative side effects. Studies show that Brain Support Micro PQQ and Microactive CoQ10 lower fatigue, anxiety, and depression while increasing mental acuity and awareness. Feel the difference for yourself today. You can save 30% on your next order at physiciandesigned.com. Just use the code GENIUS during checkout. Again, that's GENIUS to get 30% off at physiciandesigned.com. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have uh, James Garrity. He's an author of uh, Inside the Orphan Drug Revolution. James has been a director of eight NASDAQ-listed biotech companies and a chair of five of them. Uh, He's worked on orphan drugs over 40 years as a strategy consultant, a CEO, a leader of pioneering international operations at uh, Genzyme, and a venture entrepreneur. So, James, thank you for coming. Thank you, Richard. It's a pleasure being here with you. I guess to start out with, basic question, what is an orphan drug? Sure, that's a great place to start. So an orphan drug is a drug for an orphan disease. So what's an orphan disease? An orphan disease in, you know, everyday language would be a rare disease, a disease that that not too many people suffer from. In the United States, it's actually defined by a law called the Orphan Drug Act as a disease that afflicts fewer than 200,000 people which is about uh, less than one-tenth of one percent of the population. Oh, so for like rare, I guess they'd be considered rare conditions, these diseases? Rare conditions, exactly right. As I understand it, I guess the FDA approval process is so expensive that um, you'd have to get other drugs that are off-label in order to address these diseases, or how would funding come to address what are considered rare diseases? Well, that's a big part of what the book tries to explain, Richard. And the reason they're called orphan is because, you know, they were... They were ignored by the pharmaceutical industry for many years because it thought that, you know, they were too expensive to develop and they couldn't recoup their investment. But uh, today, because in part of the Orphan Drug Act and a lot of hard work by a lot of people, there actually are drugs that are developed specifically for these rare genetic diseases. And, uh, you know, a number of them over the last few years have successfully gone through that FDA approval process and, and are now available to patients. So is there, like, what are some of the issues with orphan drugs? Is it hard to get a cohort to do clinical trials because there's so few people? Or you know, what are the, some of the stumbling blocks to it? That is one for sure. That's exactly uh, an important stumbling block. They're hard to understand. They're complex. They're hard to test because they're rare. And then you know, they're difficult to make them work economically because the um, cost and the risk is so high that it's uh, difficult to justify a return on investment. What are, what are some of the other issues that you face? So it's hard to get people for the clinical trials. What about funding? Is there, a, is there a fast track approval process to FDA or is that not a part of it at all? There is exactly that, a fast track approval for 
drugs for very serious diseases, which these are. And so, you know, investment has been, there has been good investment over a number of years and, and the, the, the field thrived. Today, you know, you ask about problems, challenges. One is certainly that um, when there are these calls for drug price controls on Capitol Hill, uh, that has a chilling effect on investment. And so today, because of a lot of misguided efforts to reduce drug prices, that has brought investment to a, to a new low in investing in these drugs today. I don't know. It seems like an impossible puzzle because the FDA process, again, I don't know if it's perceived as being over onerous, but I guess it costs a billion or more to bring a drug to market from what I've heard. And most of these fail. And then if you can't charge quote unquote enough, I guess, to recoup your investment and make money on it, then then what are you supposed to do? So what, I don't know, what are some of the dynamics there that, uh, that you have any insight into? Well, you summarize some of the challenges well. And, um, you know, as a result, these drugs, they're often described as expensive drugs and they can be. Uh, they're all any approved drug in the United States is covered by, you know, by insurance. And so the issue for many patients is that the co-pays and deductibles on their insurance policies are so high that they make it prohibitively expensive for the patient to get the drug, even though the insurance is supposed to cover it. What's the, uh, I don't know, the apparent price discrepancy between what, I know every situation is different, but what would be needed to charge for a particular drug versus um, what people are clamoring for? Well, these drugs, you know, on an individual basis, they drugs, these drugs can cost a hundred thousand or a couple hundred thousand dollars. There's only a small number of patients, right? So when you think about our, you know, multi-trillion dollar healthcare system, the cost of, this is an insignificant part of the cost of drugs. And what, what people need to realize is, you know, you need to look at the life cycle of drugs and drugs go off patent after a period of years. And so every year, a lot of drugs that are used by millions of people and cost the system many, many billions of dollars go off patent. Uh, 90% of all prescriptions in America today are for generic drugs. And the cost of those drugs drops by, let's say, in the neighborhood of 90%. And that money goes back into providing you know, reimbursement for new innovative breakthrough drugs. And so when that works, you know, that's what's allowed many of these drugs to be approved. But that system is under a lot of pressure right now. So what do you think is going to, I don't know, what's going to happen from here? Is it going to be, is it coming to like a breaking point or like, where do you think things are going to go in the next uh, year or two? Well, you know, this orphan drug revolution has been driven by patients and families. And, uh, you know, we all know, I mean, I wrote the book in part because a rare genetic disease, a devastating disease can strike any family at any birth. And, you know, we all know if that ever happened, we'd want there to be a therapy available, right? That's what people want insurance for. Uh, so today, you know, it's important that people speak up just as they have. In, in sparking the Orphan Drug Act 40 years ago and let you know, policymakers know that it's important to have reimbursement available for these drugs. Today, there are new breakthroughs coming, gene therapy, one-time therapies. But you know, the FDA is a wonderful organization, does great work. But like any big bureaucracy, it can become conservative and it can put up barriers that are, you know, that are appropriate for a drug that you can test in thousands and thousands of patients, but that are too burdensome for diseases that only afflict a few people. So sometimes there are drugs that can get approved in Europe, which has very high standards, but it takes several years longer for them to get approved here. So people need to continue to talk with the FDA, which patients do all the time, with Congress, with insurance companies, to ensure that the support for the innovation is allowed to continue. Do you struggle with a lack of focus or energy? 
The team at Physician Designed knows the feeling, and they can help. Brain support micro-PQQ and microactive CoQ10. Both use a proprietary blend of PQQ and CoQ10 to maximize the boost you need without any negative side effects. Studies show that brain support micro-PQQ and microactive CoQ10 lower fatigue, anxiety, and depression, while increasing mental acuity and awareness. Feel the difference for yourself today. You can save 30% on your next order at physiciandesigned.com. Just use the code GENIUS during checkout. Again, that's GENIUS to get 30% off at physiciandesigned.com. Are there particular conditions that, um, you know, due to the nature of them, are going to easily attract a lot more money than others, even though they're, they're rare? Like, what, what have you noticed? Um, which conditions truly are, I guess, orphaned, and which ones seem to get attention, even though they're rare? That's a very good question. You know, the, some of the more common, more prevalent genetic diseases that people have heard of from, you know, famous people in America and fundraising causes, people, many people have heard of, you know, muscular dystrophy. They've heard of cystic fibrosis. They've heard of, uh, you know, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And there are therapies that have been, and, and, and diseases like sickle cell disease that this strikes the African-American community. And there are some therapies available for those diseases, but What's increasingly being learned as we learn more about genetic diseases is that there are thousands of what are actually called ultra-orphan diseases that afflict only a few thousand or in some cases only a few hundred or even fewer people in the United States. And that's where we really need you know, the community to come together, the FDA, to work with patient organizations, payers to understand the need to reimburse these ultra-rare diseases appropriately. And most of the 90% of the diseases Genetic diseases that they say today have no therapies are in that ultra-orphan category. Hmm. Okay. Um, what are the sources of these, uh, again, these orphan drugs? Is it new experimentation or, again, is it, uh, you know, do you look at like off-label off type effects of existing drugs to piggyback? Like what's the solution? Sometimes you can look at an existing drug that can be used in a new indication, but, but the most common source, you know, again, the book talks about this, the subtitle of the book is the promise of patient-centered biotechnology and the orphan drug revolution really was, you know, closely tied to the biotechnology revolution that, you know, that came out of understanding DNA, Watson and Crick, the double helix, and then understanding, you know, how we could use genetic engineering. So the traditional pharmaceutical industry, as a lot of people know, was based on chemistry. And, you know, using chemistry, you can only synthesize you know, small molecules up to a certain size. But with these complex biological diseases where the defects are defects of genes and proteins, it really took genes and proteins to treat them. And so it's most of the, most of the treatments, to answer your question, have come out of biotechnology and they've come out of these genetic engineering advances the biotechnology industry has brought. Hmm. Okay. Before we continue... I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. 
Now back to the show. Again, are there going to be any large fundamental changes to the way the FDA, you know, conducts the trials? Like you said, there's um, there's a fast track approach. So what does that look like? How streamlined is it and how different is it from the normal approach? That's a little shorter. Maybe takes, you know, let's say six months instead of 12. So that's valuable. But you talk about a fundamental change. I, I wouldn't say there's going to be a fundamental change, but I think there are important, let's say, modifications. And for example, many drug approvals get hung up, not on the question of you know, the clinical data or the safety or the efficacy, but on the manufacturing standards and controls. And often, you know, again, drawing on experience with much larger populations, the FDA has requirements around validating the production process and doing multiple production runs and validating that different production runs over a long period of time, you know, show exactly the same characteristics. Much of that could be, could be achieved by approving drugs using what's called accelerated approval, which is subject then to a post-approval review and confirming that all of those manufacturing controls are validated after approval. If that approach were taken, that would allow important drugs to come to market two to three years earlier. And the last thing I'll say on that is many of these diseases, as people know, they strike at birth or in infancy and they progress rapidly. And if children are treated at birth, they can live perfectly normal, healthy lives. But if there's a delay of a couple of years, even if the drug works, the disease can have progressed so far that you can never reverse that progression. Right. Well, what are some of the diseases that uh, orphan drugs have come in to save the day? And then maybe, uh, you know, a couple that are desperately needed right now. Well, you mentioned some that the people know. Cystic fibrosis, there's been tremendous progress, muscular dystrophy, sickle cell disease, hemophilia, of course. But, you know, the orphan drug revolution was led by a lot of diseases that people have never heard of unless they, unless they had a family afflicted by them. And, you know, a company, Genzyme was a company that developed a lot of the first drugs. They treated diseases called Gaucher disease, Fabry disease, Pompe disease. These are the European physicians who discovered them. Today, the drugs get, you know, as often in biology, they get more complex. The names are some of these almost unpronounceable kind of acronyms, you know, diseases like, you know, metachromatic leukodystrophy. Those are diseases that afflict small numbers of patients, but they have devastating impacts. And finding ways to get therapies approved for those rapidly is essential to the the patients and families suffering from them. And there are, there are many others like that. So are there companies that specialize in uh, just going after orphan drugs only, or are they part of a larger portfolio of some of the bigger pharmaceutical companies? No, there are companies that specialize. You know, I mentioned the company Genzyme, which kind of pioneered the development of orphan drugs. And that set a model. Genzyme kind of proved that that could work both, you know, medically and commercially and financially. And that helped a lot of other companies see the value in doing that. So what often happens is small biotech companies, which are more willing to take risks, more entrepreneurial, are often closer to you know, leading academic physicians. They often do, do the initial research together with patient groups and prove that a drug works. And then when a drug works and has been approved and needs to be you know, marketed all around the world, then a big pharma company often comes in and either acquires the drug or the company and it takes on the marketing. So there are some companies that you know have a very broad, let's say, commercial operation, but many of the companies that develop the drugs are relatively specialized in them. Is it easier to um, find out most of the known universe of people afflicted with, with rare conditions 
because they're rare or, you know, are there any like countervailing or counterbalancing effects that, uh, that are good about candidates for orphan drugs? Well, that's a very good question. And patients with these rare diseases are often misdiagnosed. The book talks about this the diagnostic odyssey. Often patients are misdiagnosed several times over periods of years while they progress. One of the most important tools we have to diagnose these diseases ideally is newborn screening. You know, that can, di- that can be used to diagnose a, a very large number of genetic diseases at birth. But that's another place where, you know, families and parents you know, need to speak up because traditionally newborn screening panels, which are, which are decided, you know, state by state by governing bodies in each state, were very conservative. And they, they thought that parents didn't want to know if their child had a disease unless there was a, a treatment available. And so they don't put diseases on the panel until a therapy has been approved by the FDA. But today, parents want to know as soon as a child is born, because they want to know if they can get them in a clinical trial. And as you said earlier, doing the trials is very difficult with so few patients. And so it's very important to get those diseases on the panel much more quickly and to have people speak up and let those, the organizers of those panels know that they want them expanded significantly. Okay. Well, where can people find out more about the whole orphan drug industry? You know, especially if they have a, again, a child or themselves or someone they know that has a rare condition, you know, how can they at least find out what's going on so they can possibly get treatment? Well, the people who want to look through the book, the book has a website, orphandrugrevolution.com. It gives a lot of information, but I would also say there are many patient organizations. You know, there are two large national organizations that that have a kind of a broad overview, one in Washington called the National Organization for Rare Diseases, and one in California called Global Genes, and that's Genes, G-E-N-E-S. And they are very good sources of information kind of broadly. And then, you know, if a family is, you know, unfortunately stricken with a disease, there are patient organizations in, you know, all around the country now focusing on individual diseases. And of course, in addition to their physician and their local medical center, uh, those organizations can be very valuable sources of information and of help. Excellent. Okay. And then Jim, um, where can people, can we restate the copy? I mean, sorry, the title of your book and where can people get it and find out more about you? And Sure. Thank you. Well, the book, the title is Inside the Orphan Drug Revolution. And uh, the book can be found easily at uh, orphandrugrevolution.com. It's on Amazon. And uh, the last thing I'd say, Richard, is I, you know, the book is partially uh, celebrates the stories of many heroes. I talk about it as a story of miracles and the many heroes who brought about those miracles, parents, physicians, scientists, entrepreneurs. You know, the book is partially to celebrate their stories. And, and I hope if people have a chance to, real, to read it, they'll appreciate and, and, and appreciate what those, what those people did as much as I've had the privilege of appreciating it. Yeah, excellent. Well, Jim, thanks so much for coming. And, uh, you know, thank you for the work that you do. It's, it's very, very important. So, again, I appreciate you being here. Thank you, and thank you for helping to get the word out. Do you struggle with a lack of focus or energy? The team at Physician Designed knows the feeling, and they can help. Brain Support Micro PQQ and Microactive CoQ10 both use a proprietary blend of PQQ and CoQ10 to maximize the boost you need without any negative side effects. Studies show that Brain Support Micro PQQ and Microactive CoQ10 lower fatigue, anxiety, and depression while increasing mental acuity and awareness. Feel the difference for yourself today. You can save 30% on your next order at physiciandesigned.com. Just use the code GENIUS during checkout 
Again, that's genius to get 30% off at physiciandesign.com. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.